Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode 44. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $378 each. LTB coins are trading at $0.00019 US dollars. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty dog, Maxwell, by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking about Bitcoins and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Thanks so much for listening to Bitcoins and Gravy, and we hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I travel all the way to Cyprus, the island country of about one million people basking in the sun and surrounded on all sides by the Mediterranean Sea. I have the pleasure of speaking with Mario Neoglios about the bright future of my all-time favorite altcoin, SolarCoin. I also speak with Ivana Mladenovic Neoglios about her luxury natural soy wax candles and her retail business, candlelit day that is now accepting solar coin payments. Today I am thrilled to be talking with Mario Neoglios and Ivana Mladenovic Neoglios. Guys, welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy. Hi, thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, yes, great to have you guys here. Tell me if you would first, please, where are you both from? Well, I was uh, born in London, actually, hence the uh English accent. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'm originally Serbian. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, I was born in Belgrade, but we came to Cyprus when I was 13. Okay. And now how did you and Mario meet? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a long story. Well, <laughs> Mario's family, they, they owned the hotel. Okay. And uh, I just went to the hotel bar and I met him there. And the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> oh, man. So are you guys telling me that if I come to Cyprus and just sit at a hotel bar, I might meet my future wife? Well, yeah, you know, I thought you were already married, you know, no. being, a, being a, a presenter of a, a well-known podcast, it should be easy for you. Just say it, celebrity. <laughs> Just being a celebrity, a celebrity. right. That, thank you, a celebrity. I appreciate that. Well, you know, you would think so. But oddly and sadly, that is not the case. Uh, maybe I should just let my listeners know, ladies, hey, I'm single. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell them my age. I'll just say, I'll just leave it as I'm a young, very young and vibrant, strong and attractive looking Less than middle-aged man. How's that sound? Sounds, Sounds great. With a hit song, I may add. Oh, with a hit song? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so I've got, is it fair to say I've got a lot going for me? No, oh, definitely. Definitely. We haven't actually seen how you look, though, because it is a radio podcast, but... You heard it here first, uh, folks. Mario and Ivana think that I've got a lot going for me, so... <laughs> So you guys are concentrating on something that I'm very interested in because I have interviewed the key players, mm -hmm. the developers of the SolarCoin project, the SolarCoin, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I've been with you all the way. Heard yeah. all of the interviews, all three of them. Nice, nice. Yeah, it started with Jolie, then Nick Gogarty, who's one of the developers, I think, right? And then Joseph Zatoli, right? Yeah. Okay, so SolarCoin, you guys are doing something with SolarCoin, and you're probably in one of the best places in the world because I'm going to guess that there on the island of, in the country of Cyprus, you guys get a lot of sun there in the Mediterranean, just south of Turkey, right? Yeah, there is definitely a lot of sun. I mean, just up to last week, people were still at the beach. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, things have changed this week, but last week people were at the beach. That's where I need to be. Well, anyway, so, okay, so let's see. You, what are you guys doing with SolarCoin? Um, Ivana has a business called Candlelit Day where you make luxury natural soy wax candles, right? Yeah, among other stuff, but that is the primary aspect of the business, candles, yes. Let me start with Mario, and I'll ask the question, Mario, why SolarCoin? Okay, uh, well, the first place I actually heard about SolarCoin was on your show, actually, the interview you had with Jolie. That's what piqued my interest initially for nice. the SolarCoin. Yeah, so uh, you're getting the word out there. This led to uh, what I call a quest for knowledge. You know, I started researching the coin, the people, the infrastructure. Uh, the first thing I saw was a paper called the Deco Proposal, which was a proposal for uh, electricity-backed currency. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, this proposal outlines why an electricity-backed currency can hold its economic value more effectively than gold or debt-based currencies. If you read this paper, which is fascinating, it makes a, an effective argument for using solar power as a stable currency instead of a debt-based economy. Mm -hmm. In a debt-based currency, the value of the currency decreases over time, but with solar power, the value remains pretty much constant throughout. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, like I was reading this paper, it was fascinating, and I needed to know who were the guys that wrote this paper. And these names, Nick Gokerty and Joseph Zitoli, came up. Mm -hmm. So um, doing my due diligence, shall we say, um, I took a quick look at their LinkedIn profiles, and, and these guys are really impressive. Both guys have extensive background in finance and economics. Mm -hmm. Nick's even got a published book. Uh, it's called The Nature of Value. Yep. And so immediately uh, I knew this wasn't, you know, some kids in a basement that just decided to make a coin. You know, these were some really pretty, credible guys, you know. Um, so going on from there, what we effectively have with SolarCoin is the Deco proposal, which was initially meant to be proposed to the banks, but obviously banks are very rigid in their ways. They're not interested in hearing such crazy things as a different kind of currency. Uh, right. So yeah, so um, they decided to use blockchain technology instead. So um, we had the Earth's greatest resource, the sun, which becomes effectively a commodity mm -hmm. with solar coin grants being a representation of that commodity. One solar coin is granted for every megawatt of hour electricity generated by a PV system. And the people behind the concept were knowledgeable and credible. And also the community itself is amazing. You know, I mean, I'm on the forums every day. We have people uh, like Jolie who work tirelessly every day helping people. And um, we have uh, smart developers. We have this smart young man actually in Japan who's almost finished a prototype gadget which connects to a solar PV system and can talk directly to a network. So effectively, future grants can be done directly to the blockchain wow. through the network with no actual person or persons required to be in the middle. So I've been interested in bitcoin and cryptocurrency for probably about how long has it been about, about a year about a year since i started maybe a bit over a year and i've had good success in this time you know picking the right coins to invest in and i've done pretty well so far and i like a coin that tells a story you know i think these are the coins that will ultimately succeed you know bitcoin was the pioneer it was the first obviously mm -hmm. i think litecoin is um very popular because it was the second coin but um, ultimately, for me, uh, my roots are firmly grounded now in the solar coin. I think it is uh, one of those those coins which has true economic value, and you can count on one hand the coins that can do that. And I think solar coin is the one. What do you see as a future for solar coin, and why do you see it succeeding? Okay, that's a good question. To answer that question, I would need to go back 
a bit. Basically, I think the popularity of cryptocurrencies in general will increase significantly as the world effectively gets poorer based on the current debt-based currencies that we have. I mean, mm-hmm. I just mentioned quantitative easing, which means that effectively these countries are pumping more fiat currency into their countries, effectively devaluing the actual currencies. And then you have um, things like the fiasco that happened in Cyprus. You were aware of the bail-in oh, yeah. that happened in Cyprus. Yeah, and I think that actually they've changed the law books here in the United States. So I think we are now scheduled, <laughs> tentatively scheduled to have our own bail-ins. But who knows? It, it may not be a year or five years. But I believe that there are um, laws now on the books that pertain to banks that would make those bail-ins legal here. And I think for here it would be uh, anyone who has over 250000 in a bank account. But, you know, when it happens, it's going to be a shocker to people. As it's happened here in the United States already, we've seen pension funds robbed. We've seen that around the world. I think that's going to happen yeah. more and more. So, okay, solar coin and other digital currencies, I agree with you. I think they're going to go up in value and we're going to see more of them, hopefully, you know, more real ones like solar coin as the world economies get worse and worse. It almost looks like these countries are in a race to devalue their currencies. And, you know, a lot of people think that when you look at the East, when you look at places like Singapore, that those might be the emerging economies that end up doing pretty well, even as Portugal, Spain, Cyprus, Greece, uh, much of Europe, Ireland, the United States, we might be falling as Singapore and China are rising up. It could happen that way. It's actually really sad what happened to Cyprus. Um, Cyprus is is actually a small island. I think, Mario, it's, what is this? About a million people yeah, on the, million people, on the yeah, whole total. island. Okay. And... Uh, I came here in 92, I came in the 90s, and you know what, the island was so family-oriented, you could see mom and pop shops everywhere, and people used to live, and they used to live really well on these small businesses, they used to have good lives, it was full of tourists, it was really nice, and it's really, really sad what was done to Cyprus. And really not to get into politics, but now people are struggling. They're really struggling. For the first time, I mean, I don't remember for the past 20-something years, people are hungry. Yeah. Going back to this bail-in plan, I mean, as Ivana was saying, in the 90s, Cyprus, actually Cypriots, had this name for being quite lazy. They used to call us lazy around Europe and everything because... They were used to European ways, uh, you know, like working all day and all night, you know, and coming home late and then going back to work the day after. In Cyprus, we had a very, very easygoing way of life. We weren't part of Europe. We knew how to appreciate the the finer things, you know, to take our time and... and Siesta. Siesta. Mm -hmm. We had siestas. And then we joined Europe and slowly, slowly the decline of Cyprus happened, uh, which brought us to the bail-in three years ago, which effectively gave the banks, uh, the bank, our banks collapsed, uh, as you as you know, and mm-hmm. um, we were forced to accept the terms of the Troika, which is the uh, Tripartite Committee, which is the uh, European Commission, European Central Bank and the International Monetary Fund, which, mm-hmm. which um, said they would give us, they would lend us the money, but they wanted to see certain things happen. One of those things was a haircut, which effectively stole, gave the right to the government to steal anything over 100,000 euro from people's accounts. Mm. So there could be people with a million euro in the bank and they would wake up the next day and see that they had 100,000 in their bank. The rest 
was gone. You know, I think the biggest problem was to start the whole thing. It's when Cyprus got captured by the IMF and the ECB. And at that time, wasn't wasn't the ECB and the IMF run by Adolf Hitler? Oh no, wait, wait, it wasn't Adolf Hitler. It was Angela Merkel? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I get the I get those two confused because they both have nice legs. They both have nice. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think that was the problem. Is that you know places like Cyprus got suckered in, places like Ireland got suckered in, and I think in some situations there were even referendum votes where the people said no we don't want to but still uh, you voted we don't care we're going to suck you in we're going to grab you in what was the objective of that it seems to me that hitler's i mean <laughs> sorry merkel merkel's objective at the time was to capture these countries and to capture their wealth and basically just to rob them right so it's like basically a giant organized crime syndicate right well regarding cyprus i believe and many people believe here that cyprus was simply a test bed you know one million people yeah try out bailing, yeah. see how the public react, and see where we go from there. If it's, I mean, think of, there were other options. I mean, there's talk of uh, all kinds of options that we had to pay back this debt, but we were forced to take the option for Troika, which was ultimately the worst option. I mean, think about this. Ivana's mother's neighbor, their family had just inherited a piece of land, which they subsequently... From their parents. From their who parents passed away. who passed away. They sold the land for, uh, I'm not sure exactly how much it was, five, six hundred thousand euro. Mm-hmm. And they had the money, which they had in a bank account, ready to split. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about people in their 60s, so not young yeah. people, people who are retired, that that was their money that they're going to live for the rest of their life on. Okay. And and they were ready to split it amongst the children, and they woke up two days later to find that the money had been taken by the government. How much of it the was money? just four hundred thousand of it, leaving one hundred thousand. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly, and and it gets worse because the government announced the bail-in on the day of a public holiday. They closed all the ATM machines, so no one could go to an ATM machine. They announced on a public holiday when the banks were closed that they were going to effectively steal from everyone's accounts Hmm. on that day and then they closed the banks for a week and they closed the atm machines and no one had any access to any of their funds but interestingly enough the big fish in cyprus the big companies had already moved their money outside of cyprus a week earlier Hmm. so so the rich knew that this was going to happen and they had the opportunity to transfer their money out of the country leaving us normal people to pick up the debt Unbelievable. And that's, and that's the way our government works. And it's after that, after what happened in Cyprus, that the Bitcoin showed up, didn't yes, it? Yes, and that's actually the point that I was actually getting to. It was that the Bitcoin saw a spike from, I think it was about $30. It shot up to almost $200. That's right. I remember it. From from Cyprus, the problems in Cyprus. And a lot of that was Cypriots that were investing in Bitcoin. And that was just 1 million people which is why I think popularity of cryptocurrencies is going to increase. If that's a testbed with one million people, Mm. can you imagine if this happens to a semi-decent-sized population to see how much it would increase? This is the first time I've talked to some people in Cyprus who have a very first-hand example of this happening to someone that they know, and that's horrible if people here could feel you know just through listening to this just to feel how that would feel you know i once had the state of california 
rob $1,200 out of my bank account. It took me three days, almost a week to clear the thing up. And so they understood, oh, oh, we shouldn't have involved you in this at all. So they put the $1,200 back in my bank account minus $100, which is a processing fee. So basically they stole $100 from me, right? The tax collectors there in California, and they didn't have any, there's no recourse. What am I going to do? Hire a lawyer and sue them and spend all that money, right? So what are people in Cyprus doing now? What's the current climate now in Cyprus, as far as you guys can tell? Unfortunately, they're not doing anything. Um, well, they're not doing much. Uh, being Mediterranean people and quite temperamental, I thought, um, to tell you the truth, when there was like talk of a haircut, I was even hoping that it would happen because I thought that that would be something that would push people on the streets, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Yeah, no, no, it, no one, no one. I, I really thought, active. yeah, I thought that that would be, you know, just a push too far, and that people will rebel. Yeah, we thought there'll be, we thought there'll be riots. We thought they would storm the presidential palace. We thought um, all these things, but I guess. Unfortunately, nothing happened. And this story that you just said today, I went to the accountant, and they introduced some new tax that I had to pay for the company, and they just decided from this year, just another way to get money. So I went to pay thinking, you know, that it's going to be for this year. No, no, no. They're taxing me for all the years that I had the company, Mm. even though they just decided to introduce it. And this is the problem in Cyprus right now is the government is trying to squeeze every last drop out of every citizen any way they can. It's become like a, a Robin Hood state. You know, you've got the evil sheriff of Nottingham going around squeezing taxes out of everyone. We've seen increased taxation, VATs increased. New taxes are introduced all the time. Last month, I heard of a cemetery tax. All of a sudden, we're being taxed. For the dead. Oh, man. We've got forced company income tax payments for unaudited accounts. I received a 15,000 euro taxation bill for a company that has been non-operating since 1998, 1997. And they're saying, well, you haven't audited since that time and the company's still open. So uh, unless you can prove that you don't owe us this money, you owe us 15,000 euro. And I go to an accountant and mm. say, um, I need to audit these books so that I can uh, prove that I don't owe this money. And he goes, well, it's actually going to cost you more than the 15,000 euro to audit from all this way, you know, all the way back to 1998. So Good Lord. You see, this is, this is the kind of things that's happening. Postage fees. Post has gone up. Increase of 200% to send anything abroad. I have to say, I think we're trickier here in the United States because what we're doing here, I think the plan here is to have the increases be so small but so frequent. They're very small increases, but they're coming with more frequency, right? But if you keep it small, it's that old story of boiling the frog in the water. You put it in the cool water and you slowly... Yeah, bring the temperature people up, don't realize and they don't realize it but you know the cyprus thing as a test i believe andreas antonopoulos believes that it was a test but you know who do you rob from first well your average person does not have five hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand euros or the equivalent in a bank account right so you rob from those people first and those people generally those people generally are they're not the rough and ready people they're usually not the bartenders that carry a knife in their back pocket you know what i'm saying in other words they're the people you can rob from and you can piss them off and they're probably not going to attack you right you can probably get away with that they weren't robbing from the people that had 
you know, $100 in their bank account, right? It was over a certain amount, right? The bail-in. So I think that this, I think we'll see the same thing here. And again, if you rob from that group of people, here it'll be the doctors, the lawyers, the IT guys, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll see lawsuits galore here. You'll see people in the streets, but until they start to rob from the working class people and really rob from them in a substantial way, I don't think you'll see riots here or elsewhere. But on the other hand, at some point, it will have to break. At some point, the stealing can only go on for so long, can only go so far. When you have organized crime in charge of governments, controlling Mm -hmm. governments, before too long, there is going to be rebellion. There is going to be, unfortunately, there is going to be violence. And that's the part of it that I hate is that all of this is going to lead ultimately to violence. And that's just really horrible. There are forces in the world. People don't believe me when I say this. There are forces in the world, governments that want to see chaos, that want to see violence, that want to see war. I don't know how long it will take us to eradicate those people somehow from this planet or that they just stop having children somehow or they all get <laughs> or they all get sterile magically, you know. So I don't know how long that'll take, but it'll, it'll be a grand day when those uh, when the warmongers are no longer with us. So okay, let's see. I tend to digress, but you know what, you guys. Well, actually, I digressed as well. Uh, the question was why solar coin, and we went on a <laughs> tangent. But uh, now the future of solar coin—that was right. Uh, okay, moving back on track, I guess. Got that out of our systems. <laughs> right, right. Now, um, what what is Neo and B? Neo and B. So um, Bitcoin became very popular in Cyprus at the time, and this is when a company called Neo and B came along. Neo and B was this amazing concept. They actually were interviewed on the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast. It was uh, the idea of a man called Danny Brewster, who uh, had this fantastic concept that really, really had the ability to change the whole Bitcoin environment globally. Basically, people would open up an account uh, and deposit funds at one of the NeoMB stores, which were effectively like banks. They would put euro into an account and they would receive a credit card, you see. But behind that, they didn't know that this card was actually, well, they, they did know, but they, they wouldn't care. It wouldn't be anything that they would be interested in, but the money was actually converted to Bitcoin. So these credit hmm. cards were effectively Bitcoin cards. Hmm. So, so you would have people with Bitcoin credit cards. And on the other hand, you would also have point of sale equipment in stores, which could accept these cards. So, um, you would have all these retailers that would have these POS machines, these point-of-sale machines, mm-hmm. which a card could be swiped or a QR code could be scanned. And basically, their idea was to flood Cyprus with portals which could accept Bitcoin transactions, which would have been amazing. It would have actually been an actual working model which your grandmother could understand. It's, mm-hmm. It would be like my grandmother having a credit card. Right. If she wanted, that's all she needed to know. And the store itself had the option to accept Bitcoin transactions and convert them immediately into euro, or they could keep them as Bitcoin if they wanted. So it was a win-win for everyone. And it was very good for the Bitcoin community in, in whole. And all eyes basically were on Neo and B in Cyprus at that time, because this really, if it worked, it could revolutionize Bitcoin. They spent millions on advertising basically they got investment in bitcoin and they spent millions on advertising everywhere you went in cyprus you would see big billboards saying who is neo <laughs> um there'll be a tv campaign uh, saying who is neo radio who is neo this was the advertising campaign and one day uh, neo revealed himself in a very extravagant opening launch which i was actually there and i got time to speak to the ceo 
Danny Brewster, who was, he was an interesting guy, you know, he was, he seemed very passionate about Bitcoin. And um, so they spent a lot of money on this whole thing and everyone was excited and everything looked really promising. But a month later, like disaster struck, Danny actually fled Cyprus under accusations of gross financial negligence with warrants being issued for his arrest. <laughs> no one really knows what happened. He was saying that his daughter was threatened and uh, his life was threatened and that's why he left. Other people are saying that he there was gross negligence involved and actually he overspent, he spent all the money. Others say that the money was lost in empty gogs. <laughs> so... Um, it became a running joke, actually, in Cyprus from who is Neo. It became where is Neo. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone started joking, where is Neo? Yeah, exactly. And the sad thing is that the common person in Cyprus uh, has no distinction between Bitcoin and Neo and B. They actually thought Neo and B was Bitcoin. So, I mean, most people I speak to nowadays, when you talk about Bitcoin, they uh, actually say, uh, didn't that go bust? They, right. they think that Bitcoin was Neo and B because it was such... There has not been a marketing campaign like the one that was that was introduced with Neo and B. It was everywhere, everywhere. Man, that is so sad. Now nobody in Cyprus trusts Bitcoin. Well, hmm. They're preaching every day how Bitcoin is dangerous and you can buy drugs with Bitcoin. And, right. and you can't do it with other currencies. Yeah, yeah, it's right? like, it's like <laughs> right. last I checked, the, the dollar was actually probably the, the drug dealer's currency of choice. So I like to beat people in that argument because I still hear that. They say the big thing is that, well, it's really, really volatile. And I'll say, well, it depends on where you live. If you live in Argentina, by comparison, Bitcoin's very stable as compared to the Argentinian peso. And then people will say, people are just using it to buy drugs, right? And I'll say, well, no, last week I bought a bag of weed down the street and I paid cash money for it. And I'm joking, of course. <laughs> listeners, listeners, I did not buy a bag of weed last week. It was a joke. I was making a point. Well, there is a cannabis coin now which you can actually yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, <laughs> they're saying it's used for buying cannabis so you know there's ahead. a can cannabis coin i think there's also a pot coin or something like that pot coin, yeah listeners i cannot say whether you should invest in those or not although i would encourage people to invest in some of the cannabis companies and some of the hemp companies coming up that's what i'm waiting for i'm waiting to invest in hemp which is not the same as oh, marijuana. Yeah. I'm more interested in hemp uh, from the textile perspective and from the paper making perspective and from the oil that comes from the seeds and the bread that can be made, the flour that can be made from the bread. Hemp is actually the miracle plant. But there is also, and I'm segueing into another miracle plant, which is soy, <laughs> the soybean. And that's, oh, where, that's where Ivana comes in. And uh, I think, Ivana, if Mario feels like it's okay, it's now your turn to talk about these luxury natural soy wax candles and Candle Lit Day, which is your company and it's the brand where you manufacture and retail right there in Cyprus, these luxury natural soy wax candles. Tell us more. Tell us more. Ten years ago, something I decided to, uh, when I finished the university, as I said, I came back from New York, I came back to Cyprus. And I needed a hobby, and I was spending too much money on candles, so I uh, kind of decided to learn how to make them. And that's how it started. It started in my kitchen, really. First, there were paraffin candles. Then slowly, slowly, you know, after giving one to one friend, one to the other friend, they came back and they said, can we buy? So it was kind of ginging in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it kind of continued from there. And from my kitchen, uh, it grew, it developed. I switched to natural products. And I started supplying uh, luxury hotels and spas. Oh, wow. That is great. Now, you know, I don't really know much about candles. 
There's a guy that makes candles here in Nashville with beeswax, but soy wax candles. Now, what is the part of soy that, that you use to make candles? It's a hydrogenated soy uh, uh, oil. Okay. That is derived from the beans. Uh, and it's mostly American industry. Okay. It's actually, it is an American industry. The, the soy wax is produced in America. I do bring my raw materials from the U.S. And there is quite a few benefits of it. One, they're not toxic. They don't produce black smoke. Hmm. Um, I had a few customers who have asthma and they told me that my candles are the only candles that they can use. Uh, you're supporting the farming industry. It's biodegradable. There is quite a few benefits compared to the other candles, which are mostly paraffin, which is uh, in turn petrol. When I was pregnant with my first son, I used to work with paraffin. And when I was pregnant with my second son, I used to work with soy and I saw a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Because when I'm melting wax, it's not like burning one candle. I'm melting in large pots. Now, who are your customers so far? Well, as I said, I started with uh, supplying luxury hotels and spas because I was working from home. I wanted to be at home with the kids. Mm -hmm. And that was the only way that I could do that because they don't really care whether you have a shop or not. So I started supplying uh, the spas and I was uh, making private labels for them. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I still do, but that's how it started. And about two and a half years ago, when uh, our younger son, he was about to turn three, and I said, okay, it's time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so then I opened the retail store, which I wanted for a while. And uh, then I opened, uh, I mean, I created my retail brand and opened the doors to the local market. Okay, to the local market and just people local there in Cyprus, whether they're living there or if they're tourists. Now, do you also ship internationally? Do you have a website? Where I do. That's not something I was concentrating until now, although I did have a few requests. And yes, I have fulfilled them. So when, uh, when somebody contacted me, we did ship to England and to Greece and America and Canada as well. Uh, as I said, it's not something that I concentrated. I will at the future date, but it does require a lot of work and a lot of preparations to enter different markets. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You know, I interviewed someone on the show back in the day, as they call it, when Lid Shaw was part of the show. We interviewed a gal who owns a company online called Tealit, T-Outlet, Tealit.com. Yeah. And she started accepting Bitcoins and Litecoins. And I think she told us, yeah, she told us that her business increased 30 percent you know that tells me that the bitcoin community while it is true a lot of bitcoin folks hold on to their bitcoin they consider it their savings not hoarding but savings right they still when there's a good product out there they will spend those bitcoins whether it's tea or a candle you know you don't necessarily have to have tea or have to have a candle but it enhances your life it makes you feel better i mean we all know everyone likes the ambiance of a candle lit dinner right and coming home of an evening and you have a nice glow of candles hey they enhance our lives right i think so i think it makes a huge difference because you know what something that uh, attracted me to candles as well you can come home after a long day of work, just throw yourself on the couch, put on the TV, watch news and just stay miserable. Or you have a choice <laughs> to come home, you know, put some music on, light some candles and automatically you're going to be nicer to your wife or to your husband. He's going to be nicer or she's going to be nicer to the kids and so forth. It's a ripple effect. And I know it's, it's only candles and so many other things can have the same effect. But still, I really want people to live by candlelight. Yeah. And I think it makes a difference and it goes really well with the digital currency because I always wanted to have a no-nonsense brand. 
I didn't want to overcharge for the products. Mm -hmm. I wanted a solid product with substance behind it rather than just marketing. And as I said, no nonsense brand. And the same way, this is why I believe that it goes well with digital currency. Nice. So now you are also obviously aware of uh, this coin called Solar Coin. <laughs> so, oh no! no. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Mario, definitely, I couldn't escape it. That's all he was talking about for days and days and days. Right. So, do you have any Solar Coin customers yet? Any customers who are buying yes. your candles with Solar yes. Coin? Yes. We uh, we announced that we're going to be accepting Solar Coin uh, just last week or something like that. Yeah, and, three, four days ago. Yeah, three, four days ago, nice. and already uh, fifteen products have been shipped for a total of uh, 30,000 solar coins. The first customer was uh, Charles Roth from Florida. Yeah, he was our first, uh, Charles Roth from Florida. Yes, Jolie did buy some candles. Yes, she did. Oh, wow, nice. I knew she would. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. You know, I'm not even sure where I have my solar coins stored. I think I have them. Gosh darn it, I've got to figure that out. Well, you better figure it out because uh, SolarCoin is about to move from um, from proof of work to proof of stake, which means that just by having the SolarCoin wallet open, you'll be able to be generating those SolarCoins just from having the wallet open. So you oh, should find them. Yeah, yeah, I need to do that, don't I? Yeah, and listeners, do what he said. You're talking about downloading the SolarCoin blockchain, right? Yeah, get yourselves a, a SolarCoin wallet. The QT, right. The QT. Buy yourself some SolarCoin at Bittrex Exchange. And just keep them there because I think, the, as you say, the solar coin will be going to the sun. Ah, to the soon. sun, right. Not to the moon, but to the sun. <laughs> a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So just a little bit more about the candles. I saw online that you were selling one. I think the scent was banana muffins. Yeah, banana crumb muffins. That's a limited edition uh, fragrance. Yes, there is only a few left. <laughs> but it does smell lovely. I can't eat this, can I? Well... <laughs> Well, I always joke because um, I come home and the house always smells of something wonderful and freshly baked. And then I realize <laughs> that it's not really food. It's just candles. Yeah, it can't be food. I don't cook. Ironically, uh, her candles probably taste better than her food. I don't know if I should say that on the podcast if I get in trouble for that. But. It's okay. I can edit that out if you want me to. It's really no, up it's to fine. you. I don't want to cause a, I don't want to cause no, a really, domestic trust dispute. Me, even my kids, they beg me not to cook. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Well, you know, it really is true about candlelight and lighting is so important. I've known people, you go over to their house and they just have one overhead bare bulb there and you think, like, man, do they not know about lighting? You know, you can go down to Goodwill, you can go down to the thrift store, you can go to a garage sale, you can get a little table lamp and you put it on a table, you can get a floor lamp and you put it on the floor. A lamp is easy to fix if it's broken. And so you can have these little inexpensive lights around your house that really add a wonderful ambience that just makes you feel good about being home at night. Absolutely, and fireplace. And, and fireplace, uh, exactly, yeah, and candles. And it makes the family also kind of gather more together. Yes. I saw that when we when we go to fireplace in the winter, we kind of tend to gather around the fireplace and spend more time together during the winter. Yeah, that's nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, I wish I had a family. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will. Now you have, uh, you know, you have put it out there to the universe at the beginning of the podcast. So that's uh, right. <laughs> the who knows. Um, yeah, so we did have uh, solar coin customers, and uh, we okay. thank them. Um, it's quite exciting. As I said, this is Mario's baby. This is something that he was very, very passionate about and that he was nagging me on and on and on to do. And um, I just 
didn't really have the time to concentrate on it. But I told him, you know what, just go for it, just just do it. And and he did it. And it's great. And it's really, really, really exciting. Yeah, because um, I know from Cyprus, you know, very few people after everything we discussed with Neo and B, um, mm-hmm. very few people in Cyprus will invest in Bitcoin now. You know, you have to know and understand what Bitcoin is in Cyprus to invest. No person on the street will invest. But, mm. you know, if you give them an alternative currency where they can receive coins as a subsidy with no strings attached, mm-hmm. and you marry that with an effective campaign, you know, very few people will say no. I mean, the future of SolarCoin is directly related to its adoption. Cyprus has sun, as we said, 300 days of the year. Yeah. And yet, Cypriots, we, we pay extortionate electricity prices. We've got actually one of the highest electricity prices in Europe. It's true. It's crazy. And yeah. we wow. have sun all the time because... Um, more and more people are moving towards solar power, but it's still very expensive, you know, to install a photovoltaic, effective photovoltaic system. Mm-hmm. It costs you, cost you four, five, six thousand euro. So, I mean, I'm a volunteer for Cyprus and my focus for next year is going to be to approach the sellers of these panels and to educate them on the benefits of solar coin so that, you know, all of a sudden they have another tool to add value to their products. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, not only does the customer save electricity costs, but now... They can claim SolarCoin as a reward subsidy for the power they generate. SolarCoin, I should also mention that they've actually got this referral system now that if you refer others to SolarCoin, you get 10% of the first year's claim. So if there's 50 SolarCoin claimed in a year, then the person that referred would get five SolarCoin as well. So um, Mm. these installers, they can actually benefit from people claiming those solar coins they can get a referral as well so before you know it you've got these solar retailers retailers and they're actively pushing solar coin to their customers the customer will see he'll be getting these solar coins as a reward obviously he's going to keep them until they've generated a value there's no point in selling a solar coin when it's one two five cents it has to have some real value before they actually want to use those solar coins and the community firmly believes that that value is approximately 20 to 30 dollars right and i can really really see it happening i mean we've got ourselves a mining solution it's like gpu mining mm-hmm. it's like you're mining but instead of using a graphics card you're using the sun to mine and anyone has the power to use this technology as long as you have a photovoltaic system i ask you this question if you have a photovoltaic system and someone says to you, well, you can claim solar coins just for using it, no strings attached. Would you say no? Who's going to say no to that? No, nobody's going to say no. And, you know, the other thing is you talk about setting up a photovoltaic system, a PV system for your house. Um, you know, you go back just 10 years and setting up something like that might have been $15,000. Now it's down to yeah. $5,000. And, you know, we might see in five or 10 years or less that you can set up a whole PV system for your house, right? Uh, for a thousand dollars or under a thousand dollars wouldn't that be wonderful all of a sudden you can go and buy it at and i hate to say the name home depot but you know one of the big one of the big box stores right or lowe's or something like that or just down to the solar store you know i love the idea that solar technology is making it more and more affordable and then i just love the idea that you can be running your solar system and earning solar coins and the value of the solar coin is going to continue to go up yeah i mean this is for me as far as digital currency goes this is the coin to invest in for the future it doesn't mean you're going to get rich if you buy a 
thousand or ten thousand solar coins right now but it might mean that you can get rich off of it if you're willing to hold them for five or ten years and i'm not saying this with the idea that getting rich is the most important thing in the world but i i am saying that to inspire the people who like to invest in alternative currencies besides bitcoins that this one to me from everything i've read from everything i've heard and from talking with you guys this altcoin makes more sense than any other altcoin that I know. Maybe Litecoin, because it's like the little brother of Bitcoin is an exception, mm-hmm. but this just makes so much sense to me. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So guys, hey, listen, it's been great talking with you guys. Yeah, and you too. Tell our listeners, if you would, how they can get in touch with you. Mario, if they want to talk with you more about anything that you're working on with SolarCoin, and Ivana, if they want to talk with you about how to order some luxury natural soy wax candles, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you guys? Well, my website is uh, candlelitday.com. We are redoing the website currently, so you know you can keep on checking in. Uh, we are active on uh, Facebook as well, which is facebook.com slash candlelitday. You have many different scents that people can choose from, and they can go to your Facebook page and they can find those? Yeah, yeah, I can always send a list. If if, uh, if we did an update on the website, because as, as I said, we are redoing it, uh, because currently our website is in Flash, and uh, with people having iPads, that's a problem, so that's why we are redoing it. So where to go now is Facebook. You can also catch us on Twitter as well, at Candlelit Day. And yeah. uh, me, if anyone wants to, feel free to email me with any questions regarding SolarCoin. Um, you can find me on mazaneo at gmail.com. That's M-A-Z-Z-A-N-E-O, November Echo Oscar, that is, at gmail.com. Nice. So, um, yeah, I'll answer any questions anyone has regarding SolarCoin, no problem. I will spread the word, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've been talking with Mario and Ivana. They're in Limassol, Cyprus, where the sun is shining almost all the time. Guys, it's been great talking with you. If I'm ever you too, in, you too. If I'm ever in Cyprus, can I come by and visit you guys? Visit us. You can stay with us. Yeah, sure. Oh, man, that would be great. It's been a really long time since I've had a vacation down at the ocean, the sand, the surf, the seagulls, and the sun. Hey, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain. Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. We'll be told about the death of old Mount Gox About traders trading altar coins And miners mining blocks But them good old boys back in Illinois And on down through Tennessee See, they don't care to be a millionaire They're just wanting to be free Our Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain Our Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows Till everybody knows your name
government Oh, Bitcoin flies on through the skies of virtuality A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny Oh, Bitcoin, as you're going into the old blockchain Oh, Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to Everybody knows till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows Till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name Sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh Lord, before I have to go Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh Lord, before I I know that it may sound absurd, but I have for you a magic word, and today's magic word is candle, C-A-N-D-L-E, candle, as in the sentence, I bought a natural soy wax candle from candlelit day, and I paid with solar coins. I brought it home, and that evening I lit it, and Max and I danced around the warm glow of the flames like two savages, two wild men. Rawr. Uh, but anyway, it was, uh, it was supposed to have a nice nice image there of a candle. Uh, it was a very, very nice, relaxing, warm, uh, cast a very nice, warm glow. Um although the shadows of Max on the wall were terrifying. I'd like to thank my guests on the show today, Mario Neoglios, who talked to us about the future and importance of the Solar Coin Project, and Ivana Bladenovich Neoglios, the owner of Candlelit Day, purveyor of luxury natural soy wax candles lovingly made by hand right there in Cyprus. And now an important question for all you small business owners and startups out there. Do you have a business that needs more exposure? Do you want to increase your customer base and increase your profits? Here's something to think about for your business. This podcast you're listening to right now, Bitcoins and Gravy, has over 10,000 weekly listeners and is heard each week in over 30 different countries around the world. The Bitcoin sphere is expanding exponentially, and Bitcoins and Gravy is expanding in pace with this relatively new technology. So as our listener base grows, so does the potential for your business to reach more and more customers here in North America, South America, Europe. Asia and around the globe. To find out how to advertise on Bitcoins and Gravy, just email me at the following address, howdy at bitcoinsandgravy.com. That's howdy, H-O-W-D-Y, 
howdy at bitcoinsandgravy.com. I can produce for you a high-quality 30-second spot or a one-minute spot for your business right here at the Treehouse Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. The cost of these ads is very affordable, and because everyone knows I'm a nice guy, I am always willing to work with your budget. Creative advertising strategies and packages are available. Listen, advertising does work. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it, right? Do something nice for your business by pushing it forward and taking it to the next level. If you've enjoyed the show today, please take a minute to leave a comment on Let's Talk Bitcoin in the comments section right there below the show notes. You can also leave a message on SoundCloud or do the old-fashioned thing and send me an email. And of course, Bitcoin and Litecoin tips are always appreciated by the hardworking writers and podcasters in the Bitcoin world. Many of us work as volunteers and sure could use those tips. You can send me $5 or $0.05 cents and I will be just as happy knowing that this podcast put a smile on your face or made your day a little bit better. Signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, with my trusty companion, Maxwell, by my side. Say goodbye, Maxwell. (laughs) Y'all be good to each other out there now, and remember, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. I believe, a quite terrifying masterpiece. So terrifying, in fact, I don't think I should like to read another like it. I'm not absolutely dissatisfied with it. I think it is a good idea, but the execution would have been better if I had not been under the influence of TB when I wrote it. You once claimed that you have an ability to face unpleasant facts. Is that what you've demonstrated in 1984 by drawing an accurate portrait of the future? I think that allowing for the book being, after all, a parody, something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face. Forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. It depends on you. <laughs>